it's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad, and with me as always, he can defeat your Wu-Tang style. I didn't really think about that one when I wrote it. It's Anthony James. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I'm still a noob on that, Conrad, because I still think of the Wu-Tang Clan when you say Wu-Tang. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's correct. That is the correct thing to think of, I would say. Oh, is it? Okay, okay. Because I, 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 I thought, yeah, you didn't say Wu-Tang Clan were big big fans of Chinese uh, yes, martial arts? Yes, yeah, they're big fans of martial arts movies. They used to sample all, mm-hmm. all like kinds of uh, old-school Wuxia and Hong Kong stuff. Oh, that's right, the Wuxia. That's yeah. right. So I always thought, like... Wu-Tang Clan was... Rap- anyway, there we go. That's how much of a noob I am, guys. So you'll find out more it's about gonna that be, later. It's going to be a, an uphill slog from here. Um, I will say this as well. Uh, speaking <laughs> tangentially of, of hip-hop, uh, don't call it a comeback. We mm-hmm. did. I didn't actually even see what you did in my absence last week because I was ill last week. So I apologise that we didn't get a, get a BMP mm-hmm. last week. But I was um, just in bed. Just in bed. Nothing exciting. Just... Just yeah, just in bed. Just wanted to have a few days in bed. But yeah, no, there was we actually didn't upload anything in the place of the BMPE. Uh, so the the star of content, content, but it's content. here. It's here, yeah. coming in hot. It's here. Um, it's it's half as much, but twice as good. Is is what I'll what I'll promise you for this. <laughs> um, so, um, without further ado, how about we talk about some gosh darn movies? Let's do it. Movies. We're back. We're ready to talk about them. I'm recharged, and I mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. been watching a huge amount of Disney Plus content in the last week because I've been ill and in bed. And uh, mm-hmm. as luck would have it, one of them is the movie that we're going to talk about today. It's not really lucky, to be honest, because we did agree to do it. But <laughs> um, yeah. but let's 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 continue the fantasy. So this is a movie that. <laughs> I'm going to say something potentially controversial here. Stop me if you if you disagree. I'm I'm going to okay. I'm going to use an expression. A a Black Panther esque buzz around it is is what I what I kind of sensed. Stop. No, I'm just kidding. I think you're right. I think you. I think you're right. I think you. Yeah, there is a little bit of maybe sort of bringing bringing a culture into the light into the limelight potentially yeah. uh whereas obviously black panther was a little bit different i maybe the buzz was a little different whereas this one it's a similar buzz i'll give you that it's a similar buzz um but what did you think of it Conrad, well overall? i mean i i enjoyed it i mean so we're, we're talking about Shan, shang chi and the legend of the ten rings is that That's the full the name one. of the title of the, the no there's no question mark on the end, but yes, that yes, is the yeah, one. Yeah, that was that question mark was editorialized. I inserted that. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I mean, it's it's interesting. I think the reason I the reason it reminded me a bit of Black Panther is because, as you say, it, it's sort of an underrepresented uh, group uh, by Marvel by Marvel mm-hmm. standards that kind of got their got their moment, um, and, and it, it is yeah. um, it's a very it, it does feel like a kind of love letter to a lot of styles of movies that I grew up watching yeah, it is, and that yeah. I enjoyed. Um, and it's cool. And and people seem to have responded to it as well, actually. I, I was re- reading back through the, the financials, as I often do. I'm a grown man. I read financial <laughs> yeah. reports. Um, and apparently <laughs> it, it is the number one with a bullet, highest grossing movie this year. Just of all, of all the movies. So more than Venom. Well, that uh, actually, and it might it might end up being the highest because you would imagine that the Spider Man 
uh, is going to run into 2022. Mm. So actually, this might end up being I, the yeah, highest. Yeah, I actually of this don't year. know when when that their Spider-Man film is coming out now. I think it's mid December, so it's actually okay. not, not yeah, too far so, away. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But so it's grossed more than than whatever that Venom sequel that I really don't care about was called. Carnage. Venom Something two. about Carnage. Let there be Carnage. <laughs> let, let there be Carnage. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I haven't seen it though. I haven't seen any Venom films. I will say, although I am going to be watching them all before the new Spider-Man comes out because of spoilers. Okay, that f- I mean that first one was not good, uh, but inexplicably made like a billion dollars. So what do I know? Uh, Everyone, a lot of yeah. people love it. I- I'm going to say a lot of they people. Do. Love it, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it beat that out. Black Widow, which I watched very recently as well, beat that out. Fast Nine, No Time to Die, The Eternals. $224 million domestic, another 200 international as of the time of recording. A lot of money. A lot of money. That's a lot. That's a, Especially in COVID times. That's a Absolutely. lot of money. Yeah. And and I think mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting movie. I'm glad they made it. I'm glad they made something that was so like unapologetically East Asian in its influences. Um, even yeah. if, as we'll kind of get into, it's maybe maybe a little light what more lightweight than i would care for and maybe has a few too many of the marvel movie trappings um which i'll kind of i'll, I'll expand more on as we arrive at them um mm-hmm. but let's 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 talk about it let's get into it let's get into our discussion of uh, of shang chi um so yeah exactly this isn't that was kind of i set you up for a fall there because it sounded almost like i was inviting you to have a second break and that wasn't what was happening at all so um i've not seen anything from this director before destined daniel cretton um but he is of uh japanese bit of a cretin that man i'm sure he got that growing up just sure he got that growing up yeah. who, who could possibly cretin cretin bueller um who, who could possibly resist um, it's written by a bunch of people who I also don't know. So Andrew Lanham, David Callahan, and Cretton himself, and starring. I mean, it, like it's got a pretty all-star cast, I have to say. But one thing I have noticed mm-hmm. um, while watching a bunch of Disney movies in the the past month is that if you're in the on the lookout for a young East Asian woman, kind of in her early to mid twenties, Aquafina's who you call. Because my word, and I'm I'm not criticizing it. I like Aquafina. She's very good at what she does. But my word, as it seemed like everyone has just hired Aquafina in the last 12 months. She's going through, like, I, 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 she's like a JGL moment. I always call it like a JGL moment because he was everywhere for like two or three years. But I will say it's actually, it's sort of, she's. Would you say she's typecast? She I don't even know if she is typecast. She's a little because she's always like the kind of quirky comic relief. Comic relief. I, yeah. I've not. Although there is, um, there's a movie that's on Netflix at the moment, the name of which completely escapes me. But that seems like it's maybe more of a serious kind of dramatic role, um, which I've, I, you know, I could see her doing because she, she could do um, in in Raya and the Last Dragon. She had a couple, of, even though it was you know still a, an animated movie and it was still comedy. Mm-hmm. There were some elements of that that I thought. Um, were slightly more somber dramatically. So, yeah. Well, what I what I actually view it as, like, right. So, obviously, my go to would be actually that she's like sort of the Helena Bonham Carter. You know, what I mean, uh, she's so typecast. Like, you know, Helena Bonham Carter. We we need a, cr- a slightly crazed uh, English woman yeah. who's uh, sort of approaching middle age. Helena yeah. Bonham Carter. She she has ruined a certain amount of films for me uh it's one of those ones she stuck around too long like tim burton well but, i mean um, yeah not, not coincidentally say, they yeah. both stuck around at the same time yeah. 
yeah yeah exactly kept 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 casting her um i just never understood why the rest of the film industry said well done tim you casted well like why was she in les miserables anyway wasn't even the worst wasn't the worst casting in that film i will say but anyway uh, my point is that aquafina is uh i i view it as a positive thing that i see her everywhere because it means that she's like i like that they're making stars out of non sort of white american actors yeah, you know yeah. and like the fact like yeah maybe maybe she is everywhere but at the same time it's like that's cool and then maybe we'll start seeing other you know asian women everywhere and that'd yeah, be great no, and know? i think um anything that you know levels the playing field even slightly um is is a positive even if it's even even if it's uh, maybe slightly overkill in one actress's favor it's it's better than nothing yeah. so I'll, I'll, and, and she's a good actress so i'm happy with it so um okay so story essentially um we we start off in shang chi with tony leung um whose character i don't know if i ever learned his name in this movie but the dad tony leung um mandarin he's not mandarin he's something he's 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 zhu zhu wenwu but it, he is that he, he sometimes called okay i can compl- i completely miss that because i like you know he is he is the man like he's he's the character of the okay. mandarin it's just it's just that he, he they, they didn't really call him that it's just like some people uh, have referred to me as oh the he mandarin. did have that line later on where he's like <clears throat> joking about how it's kind of yeah. a racist name and it is a racist name so that's good um yeah yes that's true but okay so tony long he's like this ancient warlord who has used these mythical artifacts known as the ten rings to essentially extend his life as a violent conqueror and the first thing that struck me in this movie is uh tony long i don't know how much you'll have been exposed to him um just because of not but, much but so not i much. grew up watching stuff like infernal affairs and hard-boiled and like kind of john woo movies from hong kong uh mm. and um i i was surprised like neither neither of them are really kind of martial arts movies although john woo has that, that kind of like balletic uh gun violence that the matrix kind of cribbed from but uh, I was really surprised that Tony, Tony Leung is as good a martial artist as he appears to be in this. And I thought he was a really good bad guy. Like, they, they kind of set him up well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, like he's a very empathetic bad guy as well. But, like, you know, obviously, it's a, I don't think it's a, it's not, not as new a film now. It's technically got, like, a DVD release on Disney Plus now. So we can we can talk about spoilers from the start, I think, in this one. Um, I, I think that where his character goes, there is a lot of empathy mm-hmm. in him. I like the introduction to him like he's been alive for so so long i would have liked a little more explanation as to like how he got the rings yes. like what are the what are these rings maybe they're waiting in for later in in the in the well cinematic yeah universe i mean to tell the us big that. um I, I i had to go i'm not i'm not too proud a man to admit when i need to go and google what the uh marvel stinger at the end of a movie actually means and uh, it sounds like at the end of this movie they may be setting up mm-hmm. who who exactly has forged the ten rings and what what their purpose might be ah. but I, I it's interesting you say that i think because there's something i want to come back to you later which is that i think the arc um of um of shang chi and 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 his dad is kind of abandoned at a certain point in this movie or, or not uh, not completely abandoned but there's a Put there's a hold. point in this movie where you can feel creative control kind of being taken away from the director and the writer and put in the hands of a room full of people who are like, we need a big fight with a world-threatening monster at the end of this. And yeah. that's when the movie started to lose me. But we'll come back to that in a second. So um, he meets uh, he meets a, a, a young martial artist. So he's searching for this mysterious village called Tarlo. She beats his ass. They fall in love, um, have kids. And that early fight scene was is a yeah. real moment where 
the movie is like, oh, this is the kind of movie it's going to be. Um, you know, it, we're going to get sort of these wuxia style wire fighting sequences with, you know, it's very kind of, I don't know how you'd really describe it. It's, it's, it's lots of like flourishes and it's not, not so much about hard hits as it is about almost, it's almost like a choreographed dance sequence. Yeah, dancing with each other. They're, they're dancing with each other, and and actually, they the two actors sold it really well. A lot of the time, like in, in films where they like have people fight each other, and then by the end of the fight, there's like so much respect that they, they fall yeah, in love yeah, or whatever. I don't, I don't usually buy that, but if you're doing Wuxia style, oh. I do buy that at the end they could actually have a feeling. Absolutely, towards it, you know? yeah. That, I mean, and you you see it in um. I suppose most Western audiences will have been maybe exposed to it through like older films like crouching tiger hidden dragon or hero um yeah i've i've seen crouching tiger i've also seen house of flying, house of flying bags is another one a good example yeah um mm-hmm. yes and that, it, it, there's certain tropes in the in in that sort of style of movie that this remains very faithful to and i i, I was that as soon as i saw that fight scene that takes place in this this like forest by a, a, a lovely babbling brook i was immediately yeah. kind of immediately sat up and took notice because it lets you know that they're going to at least attempt to be faithful to the stuff they're cribbing from um and then we yeah. head to san francisco a classic setting i feel like it's, it's san francisco must be up there as one of the most the most uh used movie settings of all time surely yeah, well, you know, Home Alone, no, uh, not Home Alone, sorry, uh, Homeward Bound 2, definitely, uh, Lost in San Francisco. Um, there's there's the list. San Francisco is really used a lot. Maybe it's because it's like, we don't want to use Los Angeles. Let's go to San Francisco. It's like like literally like five <laughs> hours north of you know, Los Angeles. We do maybe. an establishing shot of the Golden Gate Bridge, and that's, that's our... Yeah, it's a very beautiful place. I've been there myself. It is a very beautiful place, and I understand why you want to set something there mrs doubtfire another one like the the, the road like the yeah that cur- curly, the road. curly yeah. road what is up with that who designed that it's i've driven i've driven past that before uh in 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 san francisco it's the most yeah it's the, most, it's the weirdest road in the world but that's in every film that's in san francisco they put I that think... in they put uh, even even in like inside out an yeah. animated film they I put think it in they recreated that in gta 5 which isn't set in san francisco it's set in los santos which is kind of like an amalgamation of ca- californian cities and i'll tell you nothing yeah I'll, I'll tell you this for nothing that road is a pain in the ass to drive up in gta <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well i'm sure it's a pain in the ass in real life and actually san francisco was it was really cool that they did it in uh in this film that's one thing we haven't quite got there but we're almost there in terms of the the, the bus chase now the san francisco setting is real a really good choice for this because i can imagine uh, they look at the city like a lot a lot of san francisco um set things you would never really know how hilly the city mm. is see see when you're in san francisco there's literally every there's, there's like every uh perpendicular road is like 45 degrees slanted and like they you literally have stairs up the sidewalk the sidewalk is stairs uh that's that's how hilly san francisco is and like in this one with the bus they really they really played to that and they really like took that you know feeling of the city into it and had the bus careening down like if your if your car is loose going down those hills you are not stopping like they're like they're literally like 40 degree 45 degrees well i think so i mean we can talk about that then the the um first off great to see just a runaway vehicle chase through the streets you don't yeah, see yeah. them that often it's a, in most times it's like i don't know someone there's a spaceship and lasers or something this one shang chi has a MacGuffin. there's some many want to get it there's a fight on a bus and the bus is gradually carved up yeah. it's a great fight sequence and um i'm 
loads of loads of nods in this fight I'm gonna hold my hand up and say that Anthony said to me (coughs) excuse me you said to me before I watched this um that there's a bunch of like references like visual nods to other fight sequences yeah. and um there's definitely one to old boy in this i would not have spotted it if yeah. you hadn't have told me it was there we, we, oh really i noticed that immediately I, uh when i, I was wasn't watching. as attentive I, but uh, that that like horizontal there's also chair. one to jackie chan there's one to jackie chan too you know like when he takes his jacket off and puts it back on you oh know, i that didn't part. spot that either uh jackie chan did that a couple of times it was <laughs> uh, yeah it's Re- that was really cool i, re- I really really liked uh the, the, all those nods and things and i'm obviously i'm not a huge fan of it but I, I spotted a few i think the reason conrad maybe why i spotted the old boy one and you wouldn't have spotted it is because old boy and a couple of those jackie chan films are like the only ones i've actually <laughs> seen whereas whereas you're drawing from a wealth of knowledge of it so therefore you're unable to pinpoint certain standout points but for some reason it just so happened that i had seen well, the one they were referencing it's a very you know? charitable <laughs> interpretation of uh by you but um that yeah they're absolutely there and it is um it is a really stunning fight sequence it's great i the, the first like the first three fight sequences in this movie are all brilliant and I, I was so on board with it for the first like half an hour 40 minutes um just yeah. like yeah and and also like the the, the thing I, I that's worth pointing out here is is uh, Simu Liu um like the the, the protagonist it's, he is I didn't realize he had any kind of martial arts training um which I know is not a requirement to be in Marvel movies um, as someone who watched like yeah. watched Florence Pugh and Black Widow recently I was like mm, I'm not sure that you're doing any of this for it <laughs> but uh but uh, Simu Liu like you can see it's him there's a lot of these like kind of extended he sort of had to be legit didn't he he sort of had to be legit um to be taken seriously I, I think he did a really good job oh, yeah. um I've seen him before in like Kim's Convenience I've seen I've a couple seen of that show which is I do not remember him from that yeah show. I think yeah he's he's pretty funny in that that show is pretty good. Like, uh, so he's he's been in a. I don't know if he's. I've only seen a few episodes of that show. I don't know if he's a full on series regular in it, but he definitely. My, my was partner in it. has um, watched the entire thing, and I've seen more of it than I've seen enough of it that I should definitely remember him from that. But clearly, he's passed me by. Well, I. Uh, well, I get the impression that uh, he wasn't as jacked in that show as he okay. is in this. Like, as soon as, for some reason, as soon as like someone gives you a Marvel contract, I wish someone would give me a Marvel yeah. contract, right? And then I just, I think I just, I wake up the next morning with yeah. a six pack. I, like, this just seems to happen yeah. every well, single time. I mean, time. it's because they send you an envelope full of human growth hormone. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. allegedly, allegedly, like before anyone comes and sees <laughs> All I'm saying is, Kamel Nanjani didn't look like that before he started working out for the attorney. Oh, jeez! Oh my God, yeah. you're right. Yeah, even if you're getting Kamala and Johnny in that shit, yeah, come on, yeah, it. there's Let's hope for any of us. But um, no, I mean, he looks great. He look, he he absolutely like sells the um the the, the choreography of the fight sequence, he, like the physicality and the athleticism looks yeah. amazing. And and we go from this like really, I mean, it's really extended sequence, and it's I think it's it's yeah, a credit it to the sequence as well that. For some, I don't know why, but when I was watching it, it put me in mind of one of the Transformers movies. I can't remember which one, the, the Michael Bay Transformers movies, where like the opening sequence is just this prolonged, loud, exploding noise as as various different action uh, things happen. But it's almost impossible to follow the action. And then with this, th- this scene keeps on going, but you never really lose a sense of where everyone is and what's actually transpiring. And, and I think that's it's, mm-hmm. there's a real credit to the way it's shot and the way it's choreographed. Yeah, there's just one or two, I would say the only negatives, because, you know, when I'm not going to, we can't sing praises of this film the whole time and then say, you know, then give it a three out of ten. Uh, but what I'll, what I'll say is that there is, um, 
definitely some moments where the CG doesn't hold mm. up here. And why that is, budgetary issues, timing, constraints, I don't know why. But there's certain moments outside the bus, inside the bus, where just certain things just look like a set or look like the rig that they made or even just look like a CG bus. I, I That's the only negative in this scene. I, I loved everything else about it. I Even I loved the little jokes as well. Like the comic relief in this film was actually quite strong, which you can't always say for Marvel films, but it was. I I liked when he said, you'll get a signal. And she's like, what's a signal? And then he ran back and then he just rings the bell. I I thought that was a good good. joke. It's great. Like bus related comedy uh, is a rich staple in uh, in Hong Kong action movies, as as Jackie Chan well knows. So um, yeah, they're they're in good company. But so we we get the awesome uh, bus fight sequence. The MacGuffin is stolen. Who could have possibly foreseen that happening in a Marvel movie? Um, and then we shift to Macau <laughs> because he has some postcard from Macau being like, come. Uh, it doesn't actually say anything, but he interprets it as, come find me at my secret fight club run by. I thought that, yeah, that was a bit. Uh, they could have, like, spend. Fi- that was, that sounded like, the, you know, like they wanted to get to lunch and they were like, right, so <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. how should we have him get to Macau? I don't know. Uh, 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 anonymous yeah. letter you know, with an address to Macau? Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, that was a bit stretchy to me. That was a bit like, let's get to yeah. the next. And you, know? and you can tell why, because, I mean, there's a fight sequence between him and uh, his sister, who it turns out he abandoned uh, back at the assassin training camp that his dad his dad ran. What Was there anyone who saw this film and this is the point where I, like i don't mind obvious story beats but was there anyone from the age of three years old up to 80 years old who watched this scene and didn't say to themselves i bet he's gonna fight his sister oh i mean it's, it's like was there it's signposted, but i mean it's just you know we say that but you know they signposted that hulk hogan was gonna fight macho man at wrestlemania five <laughs> four whichever one the mega powers collided at um but it still worked it's, it was still a wasn't it three? I think it, it was been, three. It I might have been VHS. three. I, I shouldn't have used this as an example without without knowing. Ah, I was looking at <laughs> yeah, it's three. I've got that. I've got the VHS of wrestling. Oh, well, there you three, go. So. Well, like, it's, it's a good thing you were here to to guide me in, uh, guide this metaphor <laughs> home. But uh, yeah, so he fights his sister. She beats him because you know she's she's powered by by the uh, you know the power of. I don't know, vengeance, I guess. She's pissed off with him. And then we get another amazing fight sequence. For a bit, for, for a, a bit, bit for, for a, a bit she is. Um, <laughs> but uh, we get this amazing fight sequence. Now, it is it, the brilliant... Cu- first, actually, I'm going to say one thing first off. It, it takes place on this, like, scaffolding outside the fight club in Macau. Do you... Do they still use... This, this is going to come across as incredibly ignorant and possibly a little bit racist. But do they still use bamboo for scaffolding in some parts of East Asia? Or is that, like, just a stylistic choice? Um, yeah, that's a good question, and I did I did question that myself. Uh, I'm going to assume they do, because otherwise I, I I'm going to think negative thoughts about certain human beings, and I'm not sure. It if just I want that to. seems like a material. I mean, I know bamboo is strong, but it's not as strong as yeah. steel. Like you know, this good enough for good enough for the pen. That's true, but well, I mean, or not, as the case may be. Oh wait, no, it's eucalyptus. Can they, <laughs> yeah. they don't eat bamboo, do they? No, that's. They eat bamboo, oh, they yeah. They eat, eat a fuckload of bamboo. It's uh, it's a uh, koala to eat oh, eucalyptus. Right. Also, correction, you were right. It was WrestleMania five. I don't know why. Uh, WrestleMania three was uh, Hulk Hogan vs. Under the Giant. I have the VHS of WrestleMania five. Oh, okay, I forgot well, which there one we I go. Had. So yeah. we're both right. We both arrived at the same, the, the conclusion. Well, I was right that I had a video of something. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, that's that's very charitable of you. We'll, to say we'll I'm celebrate right. the victory together. <laughs> okay, but so bamboo scaffolding and all, they get into a great fight with the with the sort of assassins. Him and his sister, the McGuff- they're trying to get her MacGuffin as well. There's a great looking villain 
who is completely underdeveloped in this movie. Oh, jeez. I had to look me. up the name because me. I was like, well, who the fuck is this person? And, and you see that... It rem- it reminded me of... It's basically the exact same problem that they had with um, the, the, the vil- one of the villains in Black Widow. Oh, um, uh, uh, Taskmaster. Tr- yeah, yeah, Taskmaster. Like, Taskmaster had a little bit more, I would say, but still not enough, yeah. you know? So I, I think, yeah, it's really really cool-looking yeah. villains. Who it's just... great, like, kabuki mask yeah. thing going on. And we see them in flashbacks being a real bastard to uh, to, to Shang-Chi and, and, and his sister. And then they're just never named in the whole movie. And then in the end, they die. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, that was a waste of a character then wasn't it um but uh one thing i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say a, a film name to you here to you here james uh, in reference to this this uh very visually okay. appealing fight on the uh on the scaffolding in macau and that is S- skyfall <laughs> um it really reminded me of the roger deacon's cinematography when when he uh, when shang chi and death dealer are fighting with like the neon sign behind them and they're shot like in silhouette mm-hmm. against it very similar to the yeah. sort of skyscraper fight in sky skyfall not as nicely shot but similar yeah no i would i would actually i would agree with you you are very lucky there uh conrad if i if, if we weren't recording right now i cannot i cannot stop myself whenever someone says skyfall just going Sky-fall. yeah yeah that adele, is, that adele song is an earworm it definitely is i don't know yeah any of the other words i'm gonna say there's that uh, and it'll try yeah, that's, 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 that's she's relevant again she's released an album so we oh has she become current see that's yeah. way, that's the there way to do it is to cling on to these Ty- title this video two guys singing adele's new song at 27 yeah. minutes that's what yeah. we'll call it that, like, stick that in the metadata we'll, ha- we'll have thousands <laughs> of adele fans coming to check out the the audio audible talent audible or- and they're very welcome they're very welcome I, no they're not welcome i like, get out of here get out of here <laughs> you're welcome on my Johnny side come lately. okay so the captured oh no who yep. could have possibly seen this happening? Um, we're going to get into like. Well, they're not captured. I, I like to. I like to view it as they're brought they home. They are brought home. That's true. Um, their dad brings mm-hmm. them home. So I mean, we're going to get into slightly more spoilery territory here. So if you haven't seen this movie, you probably want to check out now. Um, the captured taken to Tony Leung's base, where he reveals uh, that he thinks the village of Tarlo are keeping his wife prisoner because he can hear her mm-hmm. voice in his dreams, which is just come on. It's obviously not her. Like, if it was his yeah. wife, if his wife was alive and kept in the village of Tarlo, why would she suddenly be able to speak to him psychically in his dreams? <laughs> like, and- it, you you are right, and it was interesting that it was just that he believed it. There was no sort of psychic thing going on in his mind. It was just that he believed it was her. That was a bit strange to me because they live in a world where everything that's happened in the MCU has already yeah. happened. He see he's seen aliens coming out of portals in the yeah. sky, um, and he doesn't suspect no. the thing. So no, I, no, I, I like, bit... they've dealt with it now. The Avengers have surely there can't be any more <laughs> yeah. bad guys where that came from. Why he was okay with like like he? This is what I don't understand. This guy, right, uh, Wenwu was one of the most powerful men in the world right for like thousands of years all of a sudden these avengers come out and there and then there's a lot of aliens come to earth and all does he not at all worry that if if the avengers lose that he's going to lose his power yeah. on earth because his power is only there if the earth society is there so why was he being quiet this whole time yeah. why was why was he not coming with his 10 rings and beating the crap out of those aliens in avengers yeah 1? i mean you know, I, I feel like they do that they've done that a lot since they've started like plugging things in 
after after the Avengers movies. I, I never actually saw it, but I always felt like that was the case with Captain Marvel, where it's sort of like, why wasn't Captain? I'm sure they explain it in Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel was a pre was like a prequel, uh, and then she yeah she then she but why basically wasn't she about for the first uh, she, Avengers. Like why did she help? Well, because she's not actually well, she's originally from Earth, but she actually grew uh, lived most of her life in uh, on planet Kree oh, and okay. stuff. So she actually she actually just went back to where she was. Did she not you know what I mean? Come so. back for a holiday just for like a week, like that for that week. She should have. Yeah, she should have. Yeah, she could fly really fast. So exactly. she probably should have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a big defender of Captain Marvel. I right? mean, I've not seen. It. I, I'm I'm gonna. I'm trying to think if they have it in this movie now because they definitely have it in Black Widow and I think they have it in Captain Marvel. Do you know? Okay, at some point in the last twenty years, we as a society have apparently kind of subconsciously decided that when you have an establishing shot of a new area, you no longer have you know like in twenty four or twenty four is probably a bad example, but like a kid show, you do your establishing shot and then in the bottom corner you'd have a little yeah. green kind of type text like, and it would say like Fort, yeah, Fort Worth, Indiana. 1700 hours yeah, yeah, no yeah, one yeah. does that anymore instead what you do is you're establishing shot sort of gently pans and it just <laughs> big white letters on the screen Rome and I, I, they do it in Black Widow yes. and I'm pretty sure they do it in Captain Marvel and I'm trying to remember if they do it in this but I think the Marvel movies might be at fault for starting that trend and I hate them for it yeah, I I know what you mean. I don't know. I don't know of any specific films in terms of what they do, but I've noticed that an awful lot more. It's, You're right. I actually I don't I don't mind just the, the name coming up in the corner. Yeah. I would prefer name in the corner. I'm yeah. fine with. Like I I feel like making a statement with your place cards is is like. You're drawing attention to something you shouldn't necessarily be drawing attention to because it's not like. Or just yeah, just just do a Chris Nolan in Tenet or Inception and just have them go all over the world in a hundred different places and never tell you where yeah. you are. Oh, I mean the classic is plane goes out through the sky. There's the Eiffel Tower in the foreground and and, and just like dun 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 dun. There you, there you go. We're in France. Yeah. You don't need to do any more than that, guys. You can do it for England. You can do it for America. It's so simple. I don't know why we got away from doing this. To be honest. Every place there's there's one place in yeah. every country where, where everything is five miles yeah. from it. Statue of Liberty, Big yeah. Ben, Eiffel Tower, uh, you know, Eiffel Tower, Leaning Tower of yes, Pisa. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or, or slash the slash the Colosseum. Yeah, I, I would always go for Leaning Tower of Pisa to be honest. Like, yeah, and, yeah. Just, and not you don't do the Italian national anthem because no one knows the Italian national anthem. You do like a salamia. Sydney Harbour, Sydney Harbour House. No, Sydney Opera House. Sydney Harbour House. Sydney Opera House in Sydney Harbour. It is a house on the harbour. That's true. Like someone probably. Well, it is literally on the harbour. And you also, you know, the, you know that the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which is a big bridge there. A little bit of fact, but guys, for you, um, unplanned. Uh, Crocodile Dundee, Paul Hogan himself was actually a builder on was that. Was he? Oh, he, he wasn't actually. He, I think it was like a, he was there, like you know, as a charity oh, thing. I think he was what, already like a famous. Gimmick. I thought you were going to tell me like I, a I actually forward stuff. look into that, guys. Look, look, look into that, guys. Um, I'm I will. The, the the you know the the folk thing the folk story in Australia is like you know Paul Hogan built that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! I thought you were going to tell me that this was like a Harrison Ford on Star Wars situation where he was like he was just a carpenter on set and then they that they they made him the lead of the movie, which isn't really how that happened. Well, I would I would believe that Paul Hogan was a man who just worked a, on a bridge before Paul, he became famous. Paul Hogan famous. was just yeah. a bricky until he made Crocodile yeah. Dundee. Um, you call that a bridge? That's not a bridge. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember any other lines from Crocodile Dundee. Now that you've said that, I can't. I can't respond to it. That's that's the one. That's that's the one, yeah. isn't it? Um, walking on people's shoulders to get back to the woman you love. That's from one or two. I can't remember. It's been a while. 
It reminds me of a of a part of uh, Mario Odyssey. So it's pretty. There you good. go. That's a good company to be in. Um, okay, speaking of uh, building bridges, um, the 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 kids. I'm not sh- okay. So this is the point in the in Shang Chi and the Ten Rings where I think the movie starts to lose itself. Um, so okay. you get the and and I I think you have a different opinion to me um, about this. Uh, I yeah, it's it's nuanced. I'll so get into the, it. the kids escape. Uh, from from their dad's clutches in an action sequence that is kind of just a big mess, but they get away and it's fine. But it's it's when when you compare it to like the sort of the the very kind of fist fighty wide angle shot, uh, real, real focus on choreography kind of stuff that's gone before it. It's an it felt like a bit of a noticeable move away from that. And then they turn up in Tarlo, and um, this bit is amazing. So I think this is the bit that you and I agree on. Um, the the way that they have designed Tarlo with like the kind of mythical animals, the nine tails mm-hmm. looking fox thing, the big tigers, the vi- what about Trevor Sla- Trevor Slattery's little pet? What's that oh, little thing called again? I don't know. What is that thing's name? It's like he calls us. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, like it's essentially essentially like the cute pet. Um, I mean that like, that was I'm gonna say I said the comic relief of this film is pretty good. Ben Kingsley was ben, great. Ben in this. Kingsley, fair play to him. Like I, I'm normally I was I was like this with Black Panther. I was a bit like it with this, where I was like, okay, yeah, because the audience needs a white guy, so we got to get one of them in, <laughs> one of them yeah. in there. But um, Ben Kingsley absolutely knocked it out of the park <laughs> with uh, his part in this. Well, have you seen Iron Man three? You like you I, know the reference? Yeah, I have. In... I, I've only seen it once, and yeah. I, I don't remember particularly liking it. So, I. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was the it was my least favorite of the three Iron Man two, but it was basically he was playing yeah, the Mandarin, and then the, you found out he was an actor. But I'm just like we'll move on from him because there's not much to say other than he was hilarious. But the particularly the moment where he's talking about why he wanted to be an actor about like Planet of the Apes <laughs> and like yeah, that saying was like I can't funny. believe it. They weren't really those 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 gorillas weren't actually riding yeah, horses. Yeah. They were they were just acting. Yeah. <laughs> that is. <laughs> I I want to believe that Ben Kingsley believes that that's true, <laughs> like, and that's that's the thing that made him become like this Shakespearean actor. His Planet of the yeah. Apes, and somehow somehow they convinced those monkeys to act like they knew how to ride horses, not actually ride horses, yeah. act like they know how to ride horses. <laughs> so good but yes so ben kingsley is hilarious in this a, a worthy addition to the cast i think it's safe to say um and the the, the way they depict tarlo i think is beautiful um i was mm-hmm. i was very into it um the lion things what do you call yeah, like the big kind so of big, big liony tiger looking things all amazing and oh, we God. get michelle yo as their aunt who turns mm-hmm. up kind of trains them how to um use the um I don't even know what they, they don't really have a name for it to be honest. Just like learn like the kind of martial arts and and uh, yeah, like the the wind the wind bending yeah, sort yeah, of like thing. They're, you know? Yeah, they're the last Airbenders. Um, yeah, she te- teach them how to do that. It's great to see Michelle Yeoh in a role that reminds people that once upon a time, oh, in fact, she still is. Uh, she was a, a martial arts badass and not just the mum from Crazy Rich Asians, which I think a lot of people uh, kind of associate her with. Also, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, I have heard. I think it's in fact you that's told me that she's good in that. I've not seen any Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery is a mixed show, but uh, but she's she I, she's you know she's good. Yeah, she's I good. mean, she, yeah, she's always always money, Michelle Yeoh. Um, okay, mm. so th- I mean that all that Tarlo stuff is cool, and I think it look it's visually very very appealing, and it makes it all the more frustrating to me when you can feel 
Disney get its greasy little fingers into this movie and be like, no, 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 no. We can't just have Shang-Chi fight his dad at the end of this movie and have it be like a really kind of like emotional <laughs> um, confrontation. Um, there has to be a world-threatening monster. There have to be smaller mm-hmm. monsters slash aliens slash robots. <coughs> Excuse me. For other people to fight. Like, we have to have yeah. this big action mulch at the end of all of our movies and i i i hated the final act of this because of that the 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 action just it goes from being this really clear crisp martial arts to just the same thing you've seen 25 times before and and you know i i really liked it in the original avengers movie the first time you see it and you get the scale mm-hmm. and of the of the fighting and the destru- destruction. It's really appealing, but they've done it so many times, and it's just like, ugh, could you not have just done like the proper martial arts movie conclusion where your two main martial artists fight each other and have a really cool fight sequence, and then one of them wins and the movie ends? Uh, and apparently that was too much for Marvel. Yeah, I I do agree with you on that point. I will say that I think as as a way that the story ends how many like this is what it sort of takes me out of it a bit like how many world ending threats yeah. exist you know and i know we need a lot of them i know we do but but this this world ending threat should have been in like the third shang chi yeah. movie yeah. why where is this going to build to if this is the first thing that this yeah. superhero had to yeah. come up against and, and, and i know? think they, they rushed to I, it as well they they like kind of they they establish i can't yeah. remember what it's called because it's so thrown away it's like the faceless one or something like that the whatever it is but it's like 20 minutes worth of build for this world ending threat and then and then they fight and they beat it and that's the end and 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 it's just like i think like thematically and narratively it doesn't it's unnecessary like you could you the 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 confrontation is between shang chi and his dad that's the fight that you need to have there and and the the sort of redemption arc for his dad i don't know how you felt about it but it really didn't work for me at all I, I know exactly what you mean. I will say the reason why I have mixed feelings about it is because, for me, the aesthetic... Guys, you know, I'm, I'm a wee Borazu guy, right? The aesthetic of Talo was enough for me to get oh, through. Oh, Wee factor see that, roof. See that bloody dragon? That bloody dragon uh, that came out of the water. I love yeah. that thing. I just like the way it moved, and I've never seen that, like... A lot of obviously the CG done on it was amazing because it's Disney. So I've never seen such a high quality, uh, high budget version of a of a Chinese dragon yeah. like that, and it it just had me. I just loved it for that reason. Um, and and I and I just I sort of let that that other crap go. Like I I agree with you fully. The end of this film needed to be, you know, in a bloody alleyway with his dad versus <laughs> you could him. Have had it I, like even like. You- or you, yeah, had it in Tower, or you could even you could even have it like up on their Sky City yeah. thing they had, like the Sky I mean, Base. Yeah, yeah, like, that'd it, been good. I, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, they 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 should have had it. I think that one of the biggest problems for me in terms of the lack of build for this was think about a normal film where you have this eventual threat. They sort of wanted to hold back that Talu was properly like properly existed and was this magical yeah. world, but but in a normal film, not an awful, but in a, in, a, in a different film that did this successfully. The opening sort of story, like like in Lord of the Rings, the opening story is about the fight at Mordor. The opening story here was about was about when we going through yeah. the years, but the opening st- and 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 the and the Ten Rings uh, organization. If the if you're going to do this successfully, this ending of the film, you would need the opening story to be about 
these soul eaters and like yeah. the faceless whatever that's what that's that's the story you're supposed to tell in 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 the in the in the prologue you're supposed to tell even even if it is in like uh, Shrek style in a in a in a fantasy yeah. book, and then you rip a page out and wipe your ass with it. Even if that's even if that's the case, you still have to tell that story from the beginning, so that when it comes and whenever you start hearing about him hearing his wife's voice, when you finally say, "Oh, that's actually the uh, the soul eating yeah. monster," it's like, "Oh my god, yeah, that connects to the start." It was there was none of that, and it, you're exactly right. It feels like hands came in from yeah. the top and were like, "Let's change yeah. things around." Well, I, I mean, uh, it's interesting you say like the Shrek beginning because that would have been very appropriate for Wenwu's character. She'd be like, I don't care about any of this mythology. Yeah. I want those rings, uh, or I want to open this yeah. door up to yeah. get to the secrets of Tarlo. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just frustrating because I think you could have still had you know all of his goons coming and fighting in Tarlo. You could have had you know your 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 big martial arts sequence at the end, but I feel like the final conference and and the. Uh, the dragon is amazing. The dragon is beautiful. It's it's beautifully animated, and I get that you probably couldn't have the dragon if you just went for your martial arts ending. And I feel like maybe they started with the idea that they wanted to have some big Chinese dragon set piece, and then worked backwards from yeah. there. Um, I, but again, build to it. If if this was built into like the second or third film, and we heard about the dragon, and we heard about all these things, and then like the dragon came about ten minutes after we we we, we met. Uh, uh, trevor slattery's little little yeah. friend and all of a sudden we're like oh my god this crazy place is real like i would have loved like i love that dragon but can you imagine if i had to wait like three years after seeing the first film yeah, to see it that'd be great you know what i mean like it would it would have been way would, better yeah it would have heightened heightened the anticipation um but instead that dragon is just kind of i don't know hanging out in a river i guess just like i don't know it's just just hangs down there for a few yeah, decades yeah, and then yeah, just, just pops, pops out. its head out it's like hello and then yeah. and then goes back to sleep again what do you think about Aquafina hit getting the the final shot? Well, not the final shot, but like a big I, shot. You know? I felt I in the, so I can only really judge it in the context of the movie because maybe she's an important yeah. character in the comic books and they just didn't do very much with her. But the idea of Aquafina not really being in any way sort of trained and then suddenly becoming a uh, someone who's like competent enough to to land that shot is it, it feels a little dumb to me I, and i think i it, it's another one of those things where i think if they'd have stayed faithful to the tone and the stylings of the kind of wuxia martial arts movie that they were going for in the beginning it would have been fine because everything was clearly kind of like fantastical and not really grounded in reality but then they introduce mm-hmm. this like flying devil monster and people start dying and, and like the color palette becomes muted and it tries to make itself a lot more serious and it's a bit like okay i don't know if i'm buying that you're hitting this ridiculous sh- that aquafina is hitting this ridiculous shot in the in the kind of the 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 tone yeah. that you have now set for the final act of this movie it did really feel to me like you say like they they had like five different things it's like okay we need the psychic hero yeah. moment we need the big monster be, to be released we need, like it felt like they had the five things they needed to do and they didn't care how yeah. they got there like okay we were talking earlier about how when we like it's weird that he actually believed that it, that it was his wife's voice but by the time that you're at your wife's home 
and you're going over to this massive scaly door and yeah. banging it. Like, what? Wh- why would they have to put her behind that? <laughs> yeah. Like, why couldn't they just put her behind a, a normal cast iron door? Why do they need to put her behind a scaly door a hundred yeah. feet high with bloody so with, like, dragons flying out of it? It's like, come on, they haven't, be- haven't yeah. built that recently. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, your wife, your wife <laughs> yeah. is not yeah. behind that. Like, unless they've, unless they have a way of like popping off one of the scales to sneak a human in and then, and then putting it back on. Come on. That's what's weird. Like they, they they didn't have any like sort of if if they were going for like a little bit of like a Frodo and the Ring thing where he's like compelled to go. I didn't get that at all. I just felt to me like he just believed it was his yeah. Wife, uh, well, and then they, and then you know he gives the rings to his son uh, when he <coughs> dies, and it's like mm-hmm. okay, is he being? I mean, I'm glad he's got them now. I'm happy to see where he yeah. goes with them. But uh, the the sort of the, the story to him getting them that was again it was cool. But we've seen a lot of yep, it before. No, yeah. I agree. Although, I, although I will say, what we haven't seen before is who the fuck came up with this idea of the rings? This is a really weird weapon they've come up with here. I I was watching this thinking, how the hell do you come uh, up with yeah. this? These rings that fly you, off your hands and come back and actually physically push things. This is you wanna, crazy. You want to watch yourself some kung fu hustle? Uh, to, if you want to see, you want to see some ring work. <laughs> there's a, there's a great a great character. Like the the, the premise of that movie is essentially that. Um, uh, Stephen Chow uh, tries to rob a small uh, apartment block full of people and uh, then gets this like gang involved and there's like three old guys who are, are like masters of the martial arts who like live in secret there and one of them is a tailor and uh, when when the gang attacks he pulls down a curtain and sticks the curtain rails on his arms and starts doing the uh, or, or the, the rings <laughs> on his arms and does the ring stuff it's very very good um Okay. But yeah. So there, there are like there, there. Are, I, I don't really understand how it works as a weapon, but I know that it's been in a lot of films like that for a long time. So okay, maybe okay. it's maybe it was that. used functionally at one point. I don't understand how that would happen, <laughs> but whatever. It looks cool. Right. Okay, okay. So let's let's get right down to brass tacks. Get down to brass curtain rail rings. Um, a rating. A rating for this one. Yeah. We've got to do it. We've committed ourselves to doing it. Um, how how would you rate Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Um, I, I I enjoyed it. I I think that I don't think that the last forty minutes or half an hour brought it down by two star ratings for me. And I think that if the whole film was the quality of the first two thirds, I would have given it four. So therefore, I'm going to give it a three. I I that's how I'm sort of coming to it. I don't think that I think there was enough good in the first half to be like a good film yeah. you know what i mean i th- I, en- I enjoyed it i'll probably watch it again i i yeah i'm gonna give yeah. it three I, I i agree with that i think i like it was on track to be a four-star movie it was it was on track to be one of my favorite marvel movies to be honest and then that ending dragged mm-hmm. it down a bit but it's still good three stars i think is fair and um I, I i apparently am the only person in the universe who watched black widow and thought it was a terrible movie so i watched that yesterday and i was like okay yeah in the context of that this is definitely a three-star movie because black widow Black Widow, I would say, is a three-star movie as well. I actually, Black Widow, say what you want about it. It was just bog-standard Marvel <laughs> film. I know, I know this isn't about Black Widow, folks. All right, just settle down. Let me have this moment. That intro sequence in Black Widow with the somber rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit made me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just there like, I can't believe they've done this in this movie. <laughs> How fucking dare you, Marvel? <laughs> I don't oh, want that God. to. Be, I don't want That's that to great. be something that they do from now on going forward. Uh, like, are we going to get nine in- somber versions of Nine Inch Nails going forward, or just not? 
it's it, it's it's funny you know because like that they were trying to really make obviously it's not a black widow thing we're not we're gonna stop now but they were trying to make it a real like americana yeah. feel for black widow yeah. there at the start which is interesting considering it's a russian yeah. spy film <laughs> yeah well no one no one would know yeah. any russian bands they know tattoo is <laughs> yeah. that the only, the only russian band anyone knows the cheeky girls no, are they russian they're like I Czech, know. i think Awful. Are they? Okay, Awful. Are they? okay, well, I think that's gonna, that's going to do it for us here on uh, the Best Movie Podcast ever. Thank you for bearing with us um, while we had, or while I had a week off in bed, but we are back and, and badder than ever. Um, and that's going to leave us with one simple question to answer, as we always do, and that is, Anthony, what is your favourite movie this week? My favourite movie this week is School of Rock. Oh! Okay, didn't see that coming. I watched it. I watched it. I watched it with my school Lovely. movie club. Richard Linklater. One of his mm-hmm. like it's one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, that's weird that you did this, but it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite movie is Police Story, uh, which was definitely referenced in Shang Chi. Um, thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. You can find links to their stuff down in the the thing below. Uh, and thank you to you for listening. Uh, please give the show a like get involved in the comments it really does help and we will see you same time same place next week and cut